Well, good morning, everybody. All right, it is cold. The cold finally came here. We, I was driving up from my mother's house. She's on the central coast. And we were watching the, it was early in the morning, and it was 30 degrees, 32 degrees, 35 degrees. We got to Salinas, and it was like, uh, just started to turn 40 at Salinas. So it was cold, and I'm thinking, this is weird, because usually the central coast is a little warmer than Northern California. We were warmer, but the cold caught up with us this morning. I woke up to 37 degrees. Woo! So anyways, we live in the world and land of mild, so we're not used to these extremes. You know, our bodies start to ache. We're entering into a new series, The Hope of Christmas. And Every year that we do this, there's this little sort of buffer I have to put into the message. And the buffer goes something like this. We live in a culture in which hedonism, the seeking of self-pleasure and gratification, is pretty much the lord of most people's lives. It is what most people worship and center their lives around is their own personal pleasure. It is what our parents said, I just want you to be happy. And you know what? To that degree, we have shown the world that we can be the happiest and greediest of all. And I sit there and think, oh, Kelly, you're just throwing that out at us. Well, not really. Labor Day this year, September 7th, September 7th, over two and a half months ago, this commercial was on TV. Would you hit this commercial, son? Take a look and see what you think. You got it? Getting there, there, one second. Just take another minute here. <laughs> My son's in, in there. I love him. To we understand. It's ridiculous to think about Christmas now. It's ridiculous to get a jump on your shopping using Kmart, no money down, layaway, or leasing. Ridiculous to take your gifts home today, avoiding the holiday rush with no money down leasing. Ridiculous to lay away cool toys, clothes, home accessories, and appliances before anyone else. Kmart, no money down, layaway, or leasing. Ridiculously awesome. Now, I hope that didn't make you want to shop at Kmart, although if you do shop at Kmart, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. What that was to show you is this is in September 7th of this year. September 7th. Our culture started advertising for what? Christmas. Trying to sell you things Put it on layaway, no money down, as it costs for free, for you. And then we as a church step in, and we say, we want to show you what Christmas is about, right? Christ, Mass, Christmas. And our culture throws this at you, starting in September. You know, it's almost like, should I have started in September with this sermon series? I think understanding the hope of Christmas, you have to, first of all, buffer your personal life and, and realize there's an attack on what it's really about. Whether or not it's about whether people say Christmas or not, that's not the attack I'm talking about. I'm talking about the attack on your soul about what it means. So personally, preparing your home for Christmas starts by removing all the ridiculous that's coming into your life. Our children need to know, kids, you need to know Christmas is not about how many presents you stack up under a tree. It's not about how much those gifts cost. It's not about uh, all those things. It doesn't mean we can't give. Absolutely, we should be generous and love one another, and that involves gifts. But the reality is it's not centered on those gifts. 
Christmas was never centered on those gifts because whether we lived in a world of poverty or a world like we live in in wealth, it's always been centered on Christ. And so as we move into this series about hope, I want to introduce you to the hope we have in Christ and how that can be applied into your life around Christmas. I remember in Hebrews, it teaches us what Christian hope is. It's a gift. It's a gift that was given from God himself. And in Hebrews, he says, we have this hope. It's hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Our hope is not like this world. It's not like the gifts. It's not fleeting. But it is a, a gift that is incredibly joyous and a gift that we get to enjoy right now. So I, I do want to share with you, kids, do not open this, but if you look in your bags, you, you have a little gift. Don't open it, but this gift is for you, and it comes wrapped in a very nice little box. So go ahead and pull it out if you're one of the kids, one of the two or three or four. Pull it out and raise it up here. I want to show me the gift. Don't open it. Just lift your hands up and show me the box. Come on. I know there are more than that. You got it? Stand up. There's some boxes back there, boxes back there. Exactly. This is your gift from us. Now, you can put it back. The thing about gifts I love is that they're usually wrapped in something nice or, or they're wrapped to appeal to you. You're, you get excited about that gift, right? And then when you put it, whether it's under a tree on a shelf, you get excited about the potential of what's in the gift. I mean, let's just put it this way. Do you think we would have put a rock in here? Right? Usually when you see a gift, you don't think of something terrible, do you? like a rock or broccoli, a giant piece of broccoli in the box for you to enjoy. You see, Christian hope, just like any hope we have in life, is something we anxiously look towards, but it's also something that affects the way we live today. Because when you have something really worth looking forward to, you love it. Every time you think about it or you see it, you get excited about it. That's the way we are with Jesus. Our gift, hope, from God himself, has both an eternal purpose and a temporary purpose right here in which we can enjoy it. Turn to 1 Peter. We're going to read how Peter, as he talked to the churches, he, he wrote this letter to several churches, and he wrote it to encourage the church. And in this section, he is showing us how Christian hope is different than the world's hope. Our hope is much different than what this world considers hope. And in chapter 1, verse 3, he'll say this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth, a whole new life, into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. And this inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith have been shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. There is something stored up for us in heaven that is to be revealed still. 
something that has been boxed and gifted to you that is yet to come. And it is one of the types of hope we have. It is uh, this hope that we call the hope we live in, and it can never perish, spoil, or fade. Why is this particular hope important? Because this particular hope, my friends, is a living hope. Jesus is the object of every believer's hope, his life, his resurrection, and life cannot rob us of it. God's power is our shield. Heaven is our inheritance. He teaches it very clearly to the church here, and he says nothing can take that from you. How many people do you know that as they engage Christmas, as, as Daniel was talking about, they look at Christmas and life and they have this sense of hopeless, or they're not hopeful. As a Christian, folks, you have hope. We're not governed by the same things of this world. It's not uh, the same to us. We don't look at commercials like that and think, ooh, I have to have. We have everything we need for life right now. We do not think of, like, the world in devastation. Look at what's going on around the world. Yeah, let's look at what's going on around the world. God rules and controls it and is saving it in his grace and in his mercy. He loves his people. We see the world in a different filter. We see Christ as a saving figure, not just a religious figure. We put our hope into Christ. You see, when you have a gift that is to come, that never fades or spoils, you always have the hope of what is in it. And that is Christ. Faith always has an object. You see, in the world, people put their faith, kids, and trust in gifts or in toys or in relationships with other kids or in jobs and careers and titles and uh, all these other acclimates. But that's not where we put our hope. Every year, we should remind ourselves of where our hope is found. I think every year, Christians need to strip away what they think of Christmas as a cultural thing and start from scratch and say, what do we as a family, what do I as a person want to celebrate as the hope of Christmas? What is it that I think should be here that is not? It's a hope we can live in, folks. That's a hope you can look forward to. So I don't know about you, but when all the boxes are under the tree or whatever, I remember I used to always get excited even just looking at them. In fact, did you ever have that anticlimactic couple days after Christmas when everything was opened up and you were like, oh, it's all what? It's all over. Right? And it was some, it's just having the box out in front of you like all the time. You know, that was the joy. Just having that box sitting there, watching it day after day, looking at it day after day. That was the thing that brought you excitement. Because you knew there was something in there that you'd probably like until you got the socks. The socks weren't so hot. But anyways, there's always something that you got excited about. Hope. 
he moves on and he says, this hope that is revealed in the last time, in verse 6 he says, in all this you greatly rejoice. And though now, now, right now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials even. But you see, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith that is of greater worth than gold. Your faith is of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, it may result, all that faith may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. All these things we go through in life are so little compared to the hope we have in Jesus Christ. The hope we look forward to reveals our genuine character and our salvation. I, I think it, this is so true. Listen very carefully. I learn more about who you are in Christ when you go through difficulties than when life treats you easy. Because I learn about your faith. I learn where you've put your hope. When you get in the car accident and all of a sudden... I lost that. Or your house has a problem, and all of a sudden you've put your hope in your house. Or you put your hope in your job, and you lose your job. You know what happens? That tells me a lot about your what? Faith. What you really trust in. Money. Stuff. Where have you put your hope? And for you kids, you know, all I have to do is take away your Game Boy or your iPod, or even for adults, away the phone. Where is your hope put into? And where have you trusted and put your faith? It's a living hope, folks. And the way you could test whether your hope is alive or not is when some trial or suffering comes into your life, how you react to it shows me what kind of hope you have. You see, it's a very practical, earthly purpose we have with this hope. There's a reason God did this. It brings glory to God. It produces joy in us, even when we encounter those times. It's a hope that brings joy. My wife and I have been through some tremendously hard suffering and trials. And what's amazing is people will say, oh, you know, look at what God has done and all this stuff, but... The truth is, just like anybody, when you engage trials, you're going to lose sometimes your hope in that. But we didn't. Why? Because our hope was never put in something inside of us. It's something that Christ is giving to us through his spirit. Our hope isn't found in this world. It's a genuine hope. Kids, when you look at this box, I promise you, there's something in it that I hope you like. But you have to trust me, right? You have to trust what I'm saying is going to be true. And trust is one of the most important commodities for those bound for heaven. Do you trust me? You see, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, if I had this box and the pastor said, don't open it, what do you think would cross my mind? 
whatever your soul not to do it, don't open it, what would you do? I really want to open this, right? That's why a lot of you kids are much better than I was, because you haven't opened the box. Don't open it. Trust me, we're going to open it, but now's not the time. Now is the time to see how genuine your trust is. Now is the time to see how much you have really put your faith in Jesus. Now is the time to test your faith. Let trust be revealed. Faith is a little different. It's interesting. Your faith can grow. If you have little faith, your faith can grow. Your faith can grow till you have a lot of faith. And what's amazing is that from, from the truth of the witness of my own life, when my wife and I have engaged trials and difficulties, we find the distance to the floor, we get on our knees, we pray, and we have found great joy in trusting Jesus through the most hard of times. And it works. Not only is it this genuine faith, it is an incredible joy that comes with it. He goes on and he says in verse Nine, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you believe in him. And you're filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Now, now hold on. Are you filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy? That, that's what Christmas, that's what our hope in Christ, that's who we should be. All year round. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. He teaches us the final emphasis of hope. That this hope that is not just for the future, this hope that is put into Jesus Christ, the object of our faith, this hope is inexpressible. It's the salvation of our souls. We are saved through his grace, and when we choose to love and believe in him for our salvation, we experience hope. Two things I want to say about this. First of all, how does this hope apply today? It applies very simply this way. I'm 50 in my age. In my heart, I'm still your age, kids. I, I love being the childlike faith. But the reality is, as a pastor and as a person, there are times I still sin, right? And for the life of me, literally, most of my life since I was a kid, since I was your age, knowing the salvation of God and the hope of Jesus Christ, I will tell you something. His forgiveness, his mercy, his grace, Still covers me. I do not live out of my own great merit of what I am or what I've done. I live in the hope of the covering of his mercy, his grace, and his forgiveness. That never changes. It never changes. If anything, I have grown to appreciate it more and more in my life. Do you realize how much he has forgiven you. Because when you realize the grace of Jesus Christ, when you realize how much that you should love him, 
you learn real quickly what he wants from you. Notice how he puts it here. I, I like this statement. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And he teaches you something very simple there. How do you come to know Jesus, kids? You need to love him and believe in him. You need to desire him with your heart. The question is more like this. Do you want what's in the box? Do you really, really want it? Because what's amazing about Jesus is if you want grace and you want forgiveness and you want mercy, it's there. But we must love him and believe. If we don't make Jesus the desire of our heart, not the gifts around the tree, but Jesus Christ, if we don't love him and desire him with all our heart and believe in that resurrection that he died for our sins, that he was risen for us, that is the hope in the box. And that hope covers over all my sins. You know when I do things wrong? Guess what? I'm covered by the same grace you are. When I do things wrong, I'm covered by the same mercy you are. When I sin, I have to seek the same forgiveness you do. His love is greater than all my sins. Is that a gift? There's nobody in here that merits heaven. Because you're learning about grace. Hey kids, let me share with you a bit about grace. You didn't work for this box. You didn't pay a dime for this box. This box was what? A gift to you. It was given to you. It's grace. You, you may, it's not an issue of whether you're naughty or nice. Every kid got a box. It's a gift to you. You did nothing to earn it or deserve it. It's a gift to you. It's grace. In fact, what I love about children that we as adults probably need to learn a little more about God's grace is I lo love watching kids at Christmas around the tree opening the gifts because all those gifts were given to them for free. I mean, as a parent, I end up having to pay for a few of these things. But as children, it's all free, non-taxed, all mine. And do the kids act like adults? Because, you know, here's the kid. The adult acts like this. He gets a gift says, oh, you spent way too much money on me. Have you ever had of that? Oh, you spent way too much money on me. And a kid, they get the gift that they want that's way too much money. Do they ever say that? Oh, you spent way too much money, mom and dad. Really? Wow! That's what they do. Wow! 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 And all day long, they're playing with the thing. They love it. They appreciate it. They find joy in it. That's inexpressible. As adults, we should be the same way with Jesus' inexpressible grace, mercy, and forgiveness for all of our sins. The joy should be inexpressible. How in the world could you ever pay Jesus back for the cost of his gift to us? You cannot. It is the most costly and important gift you will ever know. 
but you have to receive it. You have to realize it is a gift that has an impact on your life now and in the future. And you could test it. If you truly have grabbed the gift of salvation, when you engage suffering or trials, you will find joy. Because in that joy, you will find forgiveness, mercy, and grace. In that situation in life, you will be restored into his favor and into his love. And when we have that gift, we act like the child, the childlike faith, not the adult faith that said, you spent way too, money on me. I can't, I, too much money on me. I can't accept that gift. We've got to return that. It's a gift. You accept it, you rejoice in it, and you believe that you have deserved it. I like Christmas because it reminds me of the hope we have in Jesus Christ. It reminds me that then you open the box, you're going to do three things, kids, so get your box ready. The first thing you've done is you've trusted me. You've trusted me that there's something in here that you'll probably enjoy. I hope you do. If not, it was meant to be enjoyed. <laughs> You've trusted me for a few minutes of your life. And you should get excited about that. Second of all, it is a gift. You don't have to pay anybody back. Enjoy the gift. If you want to reuse the box for Christmas, feel free. But it's a gift. And last of all, go ahead and open it. And in it you'll find there's candy. Oh, yeah. And candy at Christmas, I think they're synonyms, to be honest with you. So now you have to ask your parents, otherwise I'm in trouble, if you can have a piece of candy. And I want you to test the quality of this gift. Because you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? This is a temporary thing that will fade away in your mouth and last just a few minutes. Eternal life, well, let's just say it's forever. God's salvation in your life is forever. God's gift to your life is inexpressible to the joy that you should have for him. Why do we not accept this gift the way these children do? The children do. Hey, kids, do you like candy? Yeah? Do you like the gift? Does it taste okay? Is it all right? Yeah, I hear a nod. Is it all right? Is the gift okay? All right. Would you like share this with your friends even, maybe? Would you? Yeah, you would? Okay, yeah. And, and there's enough there to share, isn't there? Our salvation is the same way. Why we would we hoard a gift of hope? Guys, Strip away the ridiculous at Christmas. Strip away your Christmas and rebuild it on the hope of Jesus Christ. There's a couple things we have that will help you do that. First of all, if this gift is worth sharing, we have invitations to invite them to hear about the hope of Christmas. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be sharing the hope found in Jesus Christ and the hope that we have through this time. I encourage you, grab some of these invitations on the way out. Share it. Say, hey, we'd love to have you come. 
and just share and learn about the hope of Christmas. The second thing that we developed a few years ago, which I love, I don't know why it's never come out earlier than this. If you've never gotten one of these, get one on the way out. There's also a study thing with it so you can use it with your children. And it's the story of Christmas. It's the linear story. Basically, all we and we took the sections of scripture and we put them in order of the story. Have you ever noticed at Christmas there's a little bit here and there's a little bit here and you're wondering why is this story here and that story there? Well, we just decided to make it more linear for people in our culture to understand this is the story of Christmas. And you can read this to your children and in your family. Because this talks about a little baby born and this talks about a hope that's given and this talks about an incredible night. And so we as Christians should know this story. You can act it out, play it out, ask questions about it. I love going through the story with my children. Make Christmas a little less ridiculous and a little more enjoyable. Make something that's inexpressible. I've known people that they take a box, they wrap it beautifully, and in it they do something for Jesus. A gift to Jesus from their family. I've known families, they take an envelope, they put it in the tree, and it's a gift. Usually it's a charitable thing given to some group or somebody, and in the, the weeks ahead, we're going to be sharing ways that you could be more giving as a person, more generous as a person. You see, Christmas to me is not an opportunity for me to get things. Christmas for me is an opportunity to give the greatest gift that was ever given and to show the love of Jesus Christ. People expect to hear about the baby Jesus. Why don't you show them the grown-up version? That's our job. No more ridiculous Christmas. No more give me what I want. Let's box up the right stuff. And let's help somebody store up their hope in heaven. And let's show them a joy that is inexpressible. Whether you've lost someone, whether you're a family with young kids, find the joy in Christmas, but don't make it just about the gifts. Don't do it. People need to hear about Christ at Christmas. And you and me, we're the messengers. Go take that faith, share that gift, and buddy, it is definitely worth it when people see and experience the grace, the mercy, and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for a gift and a joy that is inexpressible. It is something my heart desires. I long for that gift to be revealed and opened. I thank you for how that hope has lived with me in my life. I thank you for that grace that has con constantly been there day after day. And Father, I just cannot express enough that we have an opportunity this year to celebrate how you gave a gift, a person, a person that would save us from our sins, a savior into a world that was hopeless. 
whether it's our children or our families or our friends or our neighbors, God, I pray, make each of us a messenger of hope this Christmas. Make our families a light of hope. Whether there is one gift, no gift, a hundred gifts, it has all to do with just your gift to us. Make us a messenger of hope. Give us the gift of your salvation and help us to share it with the world. Thank you, Father, for Christ is the service of which we do this Christmas. He is the one that we want to make center in our homes and in our lives. Help us to make that true. Jesus, we praise you. We lift you up and we ask that your hope would be seen in our circles of influence this Christmas. Amen. Stand with us for one last song.